Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhina astafa Amma ba'du fa'a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Ud'u ila sabili rabbika bil hikmati wal maw'idhati hasana وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من رأى منكم منكرا فليغيره بيده فإن لم يستطع فبلسانه فإن لم يستطع فبقلبه وذلك أضعف الإيمان أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام In the ninth year of the hijrah the command of hajj was sent down so Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم made Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu the Amir of Hajj and sent the Muslims with Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. In the following year, which was the 10th year of Hijrah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself, together with his nine wives and his daughter Fatima radiallahu anha, and together with all the Muslims, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they left Medina Munawwara for Hajj. They departed on the 25th of Dhul Qa'da, which was a Saturday, it is stated that Rasulullah left between Dhuhr and Asr and they reached Makkah Mukarramah on the foot of Dhul Hijjah. So Rasulullah delivered a sermon, a khutbah on the day of Arafah. A lengthy sermon was delivered and after delivering the sermon, Allah revealed an ayah which is mentioned in the Quran in Surah Ma'idah in the third ayah. Allah says, اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا. Allah says that today I have perfected your religion of Islam. Allah is addressing all the believers and all the humans. Allah is saying اليوم أكملت لكم today I have perfected for you your religion of Islam وأتممت عليكم نعمتي and I have completed my favor upon you. وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينًا And I choose Islam as a way of life for you. So Ibn Jarir rahimahullah records that when this ayah was revealed, and Umar radiallahu anhu began crying, Rasulullah sallallahu went up to Umar radiallahu anhu and asked him the reason for crying. So Umar radiallahu anhu said that today our religion has been perfect, perfected and nothing is perfect but is bound to deteriorate. Rasulullah confirms his statement and says, Sadaq, yes, definitely you are true in what you are saying. During the Khilafat of Umar, anhu, a Jew comes up to Umar anhu and says, O Amir al-Mu'mineen, O leader of the believers, there's an ayah in your Quran, there's a verse in your holy book, which is the Quran, that if it had been revealed to us, the Jews, we would have taken that day as a day of celebration for us. So Umar inquired from him that which is the ayah you are talking about? So this Jew says, it is the ayah, اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا. Umar takes a qasam and he says, by the qasam of Allah, I know when this ayah was revealed and I know where it was revealed. It was revealed on the 9th of Zul Hijjah, which is the day of Arafah. And it was a Friday, and I was present at that day. And he said, this day is also a day of celebration for us. So, Allah says that our religion has been perfected, complete. We have a complete way of life. 
not just a way of life, not just a, a religion to follow on a Friday or in a masjid or on a day of Eid. No, it is a complete way of life. Our Islam, our deen is broken into five departments. First is our imaniyat, our aqaid, that is our beliefs, our integral beliefs. With regards to our belief, we all learned the kalimas. So one of the kalimas was imani mufassal. Amantu billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rusulihi wal yawmil akhir wal qadri khayrihi wa sharrihi minallahi ta'ala wal ba'thi ba'd al-mawt. These are our beliefs. That is to believe in Allah, to believe in Allah and all His qualities and His names. Wa malaika, to believe in the angels of Allah. Amantu billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubi. To believe and to have faith in the divine books of Allah. Wa rusuli, and to believe in all the messengers sent by Allah Ta'ala. Wa rusuli, wal yawmil akhir. And to believe in the last day, to believe in the day of Qiyamah. That definitely we will stand before Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah and we will give account to whatever we did in this world. And to have complete conviction, firm belief that everything, good or bad, is from Allah Ta'ala. Whatever happens, happens with the permission of Allah. Whether it is our health or whether it is sickness, it is from Allah. Wealth and poverty is in the control of Allah. Life and death is from Allah, in the control of Allah. Whatever happens, happens with the permission of Allah. Once a young Sahabi was sitting behind Rasulullah sallallahu on, on a conveyance, and Rasulullah sallallahu teaching this young Sahabi, who was at that time eight or nine years old, Rasulullah sallallahu was telling, told him that know well that if the entire ummah gets together and tries to benefit you, they will never be able to benefit you except to the extent that Allah has decreed benefit to come to you. And know well, if the entire ummah gets together and decides to harm you, harm will never come to you except to the extent that Allah has decreed harm to come to you. And, وَإِذَا سَأَلْتَ فَاسْأَلِ اللَّهِ Nabi Sallallahu is teaching this young sahabi, this is part of our deen, to have complete conviction in Allah that if you want to ask for anything, then ask Allah alone. If you need any assistance, if you need help, then ask Allah Ta'ala for help alone. So this is part of our beliefs. To believe in Allah, to believe in the angels, to believe in the books, the divine books, to believe in all the angels and messengers. And to believe that good and bad is from Allah Ta'ala. وَالْقَدْرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ مِنَ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَالْبَعْثِ بَعْدَ الْمَوْتِ And to have complete conviction and belief that we will be living after we pass away. That there is a life after death. The real life starts after we pass away. The first stage is a qabr and then the stage is to follow after that. So that our deen is broken into five departments. First, our integral beliefs, our aqai, our imaniyat. Second, is our mu'amalat, our business dealings. Third, mu'asharat, our social etiquette. Then, then our akhlaq, our conduct. And lastly, our ibadat. So in every of these five departments, Allah says, 
أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ I have completed and perfected the deen of Islam for you. So in every of these five departments, Allah has shown us everything. Part of the commandments of Allah Ta'ala, one command is, أَمَرْ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ أَنَّهِيَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرَ Allah mentions in the Qur'an, كُنْتُمْ خَيْرَ أُمَّهِ أُخْرِجَتْ لِلنَّاسِ تَأْمُرُونَ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَتَنْهَوْنَ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ وَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ Allah speaking to the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah says, You who are the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, You are the best of nations. You are the best people to walk on the surface of this earth after the Anbiya alayhi musalatu wa salam. We are the last Ummah to come and the first Ummah to enter Jannah. So Allah says in this ayah, why you have been given this speciality? Why, why are you a special ummah? Because you have been commanded to encourage people to do good and you have been commanded to encourage people to stay away from evil. Now this command of encouraging others to stay away from evil and to do good, it is only directed to the ummah of Rasulullah wasallam. Rasulullah shows us a principle in a hadith on how to carry out this command of Allah. So Rasulullah says, That if any one of you sees any evil or any wrong taking place, then what is his duty? Then he should stop it. He should stop it with his hand. If he is unable to use his hand, فَبِلِسَانِي Then he should utilize his tongue and use his speech to stop the wrong. فَإِن لَمْ يَسْتَطِعْ فَبِقَلْبِ And if he is unable to use his speech and his tongue, then he should think that in his heart that this action is wrong and evil. So under this hadith, the muhaddithin, they explain what is the meaning of this hadith. So the hadith, the literal meaning is Whoever of you sees any evil taking place in front of him, then he should stop it with his hand. So they explain, it does not mean that you literally use your hand, but rather it means that if you have authority, if you have force, then it is incumbent upon you to use your authority to utilize your force and stop that evil. For example, a father in his house, he has authority over his wife and his children. If he sees that his children who are balig or nearing the age of bulug, they are not performing their salah, then he can use his authority and force to command them and make them perform the salah. Because a father understands how important it is for his children to be performing the salah. The most important thing a father needs to have concern and worry for in his children is for the iman. Because once the parents pass away, it is not anything material that will come to his assistance in his grave. It will only be the a'mal which will come to assistance. Rasulullah said, when a person leaves behind a pious child who will make dua to, for him after his death, then that is a great investment. My beloved brothers, we are all worried about investing for this world. But when we age, how will that investment help us? It will help us for a little while. What is a true and real investment? The true and real investment is when we invest for our akhirah. When we, in, when we invest for our grave, we will be alone in our grave. No one will come to our assistance. No wealth will come to our assistance. No person will come and assist us. Rasulullah said, when a person passes away, then three things will follow him to the grave. Namely, first, his family will follow him. 
Secondly, his belongings, perhaps someone will use something of his. And thirdly, his a'mal will come with him. Two things will go back. Only one thing will assist him in his grave, and that is his a'mal. His family will go back, his belongings will go back, he will be alone in the pit of the grave. So my beloved brothers, whatever we invest for our akhirat, that will help us in the life after death. And we know well that our life in this world is extremely short. We are here for a very, very short while. We need to prepare for the akhirat. So as we were saying, that <coughs> uh, this command of Allah Ta'ala, مَرَّ آمِنْكُمْ then, then if the person has authority or force, then he should utilize his authority and force and prevent the evil and encourage good. The second stage, فَإِلَّمْ يَسْتَطِعْ فَبِلِسَانِ And if he doesn't have the authority or if he doesn't has, have the force, then he should utilize the tongue. The fuqaha, the ulama, they explain that if you see any wrong taking place in front of you and you know that by you advising those people to stop the wrong and evil, they will stop. Then it is wajib and obligatory for you to command them and advise them to stop from the wrong. And if your heart, in your heart you think that by me speaking to them and encouraging, encouraging them to stop the wrong, they won't stop. It will not be obligatory, rather it will be mustahab. And uh, mustahab means it will be recommended. Perhaps... He won't listen now, but uh, later on he might think to himself of what you said and he might take heed and accept your advice. So this is the second step, to use your tongue. And the third step is, If he cannot use his tongue or the situation demands that he remain silent, then in his heart he should regard that action to be wrong and evil. So we shouldn't uh, think to ourselves, it's his story, let him carry on. Uh, maybe it's correct or something. If it's wrong in our heart, we should regard it as wrong. So that, that, that uh, the degree of evil will remain in our heart. And we should know well, remember well, that when we are regarding something as wrong, then we should regard the action as wrong. And we shouldn't look down at a person. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that there is an organ in the body. If this organ is spiritually uh, maintained and kept well, then the entire body will be kept well spiritually. And that is the heart. If the heart is spiritually connected to Allah, then our eyes will automatically want to look at good only. Our ears will only want to listen to good. Our feet will only want to walk to good. Our hands will only want to touch good, etc. So this is the heart. Once Rasulullah was addressing the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, and all of a sudden, the Nabi of Allah mentioned that there is a person who is going to walk in now. He is a jannati. So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they turned back to see who is this person walking in. And they saw a person who was dripping from the water of wudu. He had just performed wudu and his face and, and, and hands etc. was wet. And when they looked at him, they didn't recognize him. So... Uh, second day, same thing happened. Rasulullah Sallallahu said that a person is going to walk in and he's a jannati. Sahaba Rajalan looked back and he saw the exact same person. The third day, Rasulullah Sallallahu said the exact same thing. That a person is going to walk in and he's a jannati. So a sahabi by the name of Abdullah bin Amr bin As Anhu, he was extremely intrigued by this statement of Rasulullah Sallallahu 
just conferred to the Sahabi, to this person who walked in. So, Abdullah bin Amr bin Asa, he was a Sahabi who was known for fasting every day, reading Nafil Salah the entire night, and completing a complete Quran daily. He would read one Quran daily, he would fast every day, and he would read Nafil Salah throughout the night. So the Sahabi of this caliber was enthusiastic to know what made that person a Jannati. What extra action is he doing that Rasulullah is calling him a Jannati and giving him the title of Jannat in this very world. So he, the, the Sahabi by the name of Abdullah who goes up to him and he says that uh, I have some domestic problem at home. Uh, can I spend a few nights by you? Do you mind? The Sahabi, this person says, no, no problem, you can come. So Abdullah accompanies this person and he goes with him home. He says, I tucked away in bed and I hid in such a way that I can see what he was doing. When I looked at him, there was no extra ordinary amal or deeds that he was doing. When he retired to bed, he recited the dua for sleeping and he fell off to sleep. And he woke up when the Fajr Azan was sounded. So confused at this, he said, okay, maybe perhaps he had a long day at work. Uh, let me see the next night. So he asked him, can I stay one more night with you? The Sahabi said, okay, no problem, you can stay one more night with me. Same thing happened the second night. He went, he read this, the, the dua for sleeping and he slipped away and he woke up uh, at the time of Fajr. The third night, the exact same thing happened. So the Sahabi, Abdullah anhu, he was extremely confused. He didn't know what extra deed the Sahabi was doing. So he went up to this person and told him that in actual fact, I do not have any domestic problem at home. Rather it is because of what Rasulullah said regarding you. And I want to know what you are doing so that I can also do it. I can, so that I can also get Jannat. So the Sahabi said, it was a secret between me and Allah. But since you are very enthusiastic to know what is a deed, I will share it with you, I will tell you. So he said, it is a very simple action. He said, every night before I sleep, before I retire to bed, I clean my heart. I forgive everyone. I remove that jealousy, hatred, enmity from my heart, if anything came into my heart. And he said, I wish for my Muslim brothers what I wish for myself. So the Sahabi Abdullah said, that is, that is it, that is it. So this quality of cleaning our heart, removing that hatred, that malice, that jealousy for our Muslim brother from our heart, and attain as Jannat. Such a small action. Nevertheless, coming back to what we were speaking about, about Amr bin Ma'roof and Nahiyan al-Munkar, encouraging others to do good, and encouraging others to stay away from evil. Allah in the Quran explains to us how we should do it. Allah says, Ud'u ila sabili rabbik bil hikmati wal mu'idhatil hasana That if you want to encourage someone to do good, if you want to stop someone from doing wrong, then use wisdom together with wishing well for that person. So the question comes about, if someone is doing wrong, what's the intention we need to have when correcting that person? So very beautifully, Mufti Taqi Usmani, Damad Barakatuh, who is a Grand Mufti of Pakistan, he said, firstly we need to check our intention. Why we are correcting the next person? We are not correcting him to get back at him. We are not correcting him because we got something against him. 
We are correcting him because we wish well for him. Because if he is doing the wrong, he will be punished in this world, he will be punished in the grave, and he will be punished in the hereafter. So to save him from the punishment and the disgrace of this world and the akhirah, that is why we are correcting him. We are correcting him for the pleasure of Allah. Then how should we correct this person? We should correct him with love, with kindness, with compassion. Mufti Taqi Usmani says, you must treat a person who is doing wrong like how you treat a sick person. Like if someone has cancer or had a stroke, how you treat him? You treat him with love, compassion. You look for the remedies, you, 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 you look for some solution to his problem. And with love and compassion, you tell him this is what you should do. Maybe try this, maybe try that. In the exact same manner, someone is doing wrong, someone is sinning, treat him like a, like, like a sick person. You won't get angry with him. You won't use harshness. You won't swear at him. You won't use vulgar words. Rather in a kind and polite manner. This is not from any book, any other book. This is from the Quran. Allah is telling us, Ud'u ila sabili rabbik bil hikmah with wisdom and with politeness and together with the quality of having that quality of well-wishing for him. That is how you correct him. Then when you should correct a person, if you see a person doing something wrong in a the masjid, then you shouldn't correct him immediately. You should look for the best time to correct a person. When he is not tired, when he is not in a rush, etc. We want him to correct himself, so we need to adopt the best approach so that he can take our advice and our correction. Where? We shouldn't correct him in public. Use a public platform and correct him, lash out against him, using a member or using any social media platforms. By us taking it to public, what benefit will there be in his correction? Instead of him correcting himself, he will rather become stubborn and he will rather, he will rather increase, he, he will increase in his wrong. So if we have the spirit of well-wishing in us, we will look for the best approach, we will look for the best manner in order to correct this person. Many, many incidents are, regard, are recorded in a hadith in Quran where people were sent, for example, Allah records the incident of Harun and Musa alayhi salatu wasalam in the Quran where Allah tells them to go to Fir'aun and to speak to Fir'aun. Who was Fir'aun? He was the oppressor of the time. He killed so many infants. He killed innocent people. But Allah commanded Musa and Harun alayhi salam and Allah says, فَقُولَا لَهُ قَوْلًا That when you go to him, speak to him in a kind and polite manner. Allah knew he's not going to accept. He was an oppressor. He was a zalim of all times. But yet, Allah commanded them. And Allah said, speak in a kind and polite manner. Once, an old man was performing wudu in the time of Hassan and Hussein radiallahu anhumah. And they noticed that he wasn't washing his limbs correctly. So they go, they go up to him. And they tell him that, oh, old uncle, between us, there's an argument. We don't know, we, we, we are arguing which one of us performs wudu in a better manner. So can you watch us and can you decide which one of us performs wudu in a best, better manner? So they both start performing wudu. Then the old man realizes that it is not them who is uh, not performing wudu in a good manner. It is me who is not washing my limbs properly. 
immediately he takes heed and he understands what these youngsters are, what point they're making. And he immediately says that I thank you for correcting me. And he takes a correction. So my beloved brothers, time is already up. So if we want others to correct themselves, we need to realize and understand that we need to adopt the correct approach in correcting them. And we need to realize that if we correct someone, if we show someone the good, then whatever good he does, he will get the full reward. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Adalu ala al-khayr kafa'ilihi Whatever good you show another person, and that person does it, you get the full reward without even a little decrease from his reward. So may Allah give us the tawfiq and ability to inculcate and practice what the Qur'an and Hadith is teaching us. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ